0: Um, Before we forget, uh, December 12th, in a mere nine days, we are doing a live going off track from Union Hall. Uh, Jonah, the man behind everything, has booked some amazing guests. Let's see, who do we have? Oh, uh, Emil Amos, who is uh, one of our guest hosts. He's going to be performing. Jenna Friedman, who works in The Daily Show. And, oh, I'm sorry, Walter Schreifels from Quicksand Rival School's World's Fastest Car Walking Concert. His own bad self is going to be talking and performing. My tickets.
1: <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Going Off Track. Hi. I'm Jonah. Jonah.
2: <laughs> I just want to say, Jonah is here, <laughs> fully bearded. Like, he looks like a sailor.
0: Dude, that beard is intense. That is I've been intense. been on tour, but I crazy
1: did, from It looks crazy like, from New Jersey. I've been on tour, but I did get back over two weeks ago.
2: <laughs> he was on tour with, like, minors.
1: <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? He <laughs> went on tour with I mean. lumberjacks. Oh, I thought you met minors, like, under the age of 18. <laughs>
2: yeah, that too. <laughs> oh,
1: no, that is a good beard. How was the tour? It was great, great. Uh, fest was awesome. Uh... Yeah, I got to see the Marked Men, Hot Water. We played with the Melvins, Circle Takes a Square. And then California was super fun. A lot of shows, 12 shows in a row. It's good. It was great. Good uh, weather. Good weather. Uh, legalized weed. I mean, what else could uh, you want?
0: How do you feel about that, that recent article about that Pomplamoose band who posted how much money they lost on like a 28-day tour? Uh, do you think that's ridiculous? I
1: thought it was pretty incredible. They spent like $17,000 on hotel rooms. Like, $28,000 on, like, production. It's like, I'm glad they lost money. Yeah. I
0: mentioned that to to my darling wife, you know, who used to be a booking agent. And she didn't read the article. She didn't see anything about it. And I said, did you hear about this? And she said, what, they all get their own hotel rooms? And I went, son of a bitch.
1: Yes, that's exactly it. You know what's interesting, though, is, like, the guy from Direct Hit wrote an article about how they made money and how, like, basically, like, go to grocery stores. Like, don't get hotel rooms. Sleep on floors. But then... One of our friends who's a manager responded to it on Facebook and was like, this is like the band wants a quality of life on the road. And they're okay. like some of my bands, I'm okay with them losing money to like present an image. They're bigger than they are to get on better tours. And you take a loss now in order to get like, I think maybe it's like you have to look at it also like a bigger picture type thing. I just never have approached things that way. <laughs> Anything in my life.
0: I, I See, I don't, I don't, I've never bought that. and And I've done this, I've had jobs where people have like offered me something and I I always do it, but they always say this could lead to better things. There's nothing that leads to a better thing. It, (laughs) it, It is a myth. It is a fallacy. What leads to a better thing is you just being awesome and, and people going, Hey, let's do something. You know what I mean? But like that, that presenting an image thing, I just, I don't know. I, I find that, find that weird. Yes. You want longevity. You don't want to like, I don't know.
1: Yeah. It's a very different mentality. I don't really get it either, but you know who also probably doesn't get it. Today's guest in the podcast, Joey Cape <laughs> for from, sure. From Lagwagon. Beautiful, beautiful <laughs> segue. Bad astronaut. <laughs> me first. And Brad goes way back with Joey.
2: Well, yeah, we have, I toured with him in like, uh, 98 probably. Yeah. We did a Midwestern tour and, um, yeah, and you know, stayed in touch a little bit through the years. Me first, yada yeah, yada man. yada.
1: Yeah, Joey was here. And I was like, "Joey's here," and you were like, "Joey Cape." And I was like, <laughs> yeah, "Yeah." He's like, "He's here now." I was like, "Yeah, he's outside."
2: I was not paying attention to the guest list that day.
0: <laughs> and you and
2: you immediately
1: <laughs> cleared
0: your schedule. That
2: was the first. Yeah, I hadn't seen. Last time I saw him was probably on one of the Warp tours when me first played, and that would have been like seven or eight years ago. Um, but you, no, that but, tour was great that we did. We did. Um, we did a replacements tour, Joey's a big Replacements fan and the tour actually started in Minneapolis and like he had a list of all these bars that like Paul had hung out in and written like this song here and and like we literally just like rode around cabs to like five different bars one night. The first night of the tour. We went to all these uh, Minneapolis dive bars.
1: <laughs> what, what, what was the best one?
2: I honestly don't even remember. Yeah, that's a, that's a good sign. <laughs> they were just like, they were just super divey like you know, bars.
0: I saw, I've seen Joey and me first. And I always like me first because they would have the bar on stage at warp tour. Oh yeah. And I remember they were playing and, and I was uh, at, I think it was 2004 warp tour Jonah in Boston, the 10 year one. And somebody said, all right, let's run, get a drink. And I was like, okay. And I didn't realize that the drink was at the bar on stage (laughs) while they were playing. And we just walked up.
2: Probably with John Bush tending bar. Most likely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's the bartender of choice for that gig. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty brilliant.
0: And then I've seen Joey Solo a couple times. In fact, one of those um well, this gig has come up before at the the famous Fad Record show where Ben Weasel thought it best to get in a fight with a few women. Oh <laughs> uh, fun. And he went and he went on after that.
1: Are you serious?
0: Yeah, and it was still first it was Dave Haas, then it was Joey Cape, and it was still awesome. <laughs>
1: wow that's incredible Well, at least no one got kicked in the face
0: yeah that was pretty funny <laughs> so
1: Joey so does he have another record out am I missing that um, yeah he has this whole like one week records thing oh right on Um, and yeah he has he has some new stuff out so yeah check out go to his site check out one week records we talk about that a lot Um, and yeah ladies and gentlemen Joey Cape
3: Welcome to Going Off Track. This is Stephen Smith, and uh, we're about to have a really good time.
1: Yes, Stephen, your voice sounds so much deeper than normal.
3: It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I had a really rough night last night. A lot of karaoke, and you know, so I'm a little worn out vocally today. But uh, but I'm here, guys.
1: I'd recommend it. I think it suits you.
3: Yeah, Yeah. You know. <laughs> Joining
1: us is Brad, yeah. producer. Here I am. I'm um, Jonah, and our guest in the podcast today. He sounds a lot like Stephen. Is Joey Cape from Lagwagon, Bad Astronaut? Hi, everybody. How's it going? Good. Um, yeah. and you are in town doing a show tonight with Chris and the Flatliners, the One Week Records.
3: Yeah, it's uh should I explain it?
1: Yeah, explain it. Okay. Because I was trying to look it up a little bit. Yeah, and...
3: it's kind of like a session label that I started where we do 10 songs in seven days and people come stay at my house. I have a studio at my house and it's nice because I get to bring that side of my life to home so they can hang out with my wife and daughter and drink coffee and have breakfast in the morning and then we go down and work. And, uh, and you know, yeah, it's sort of BBC kind of thing. That's the idea. It's not really a record label, but One Week Records just sounded good. It a so, better than one-week sessions to me.
1: Yeah, I agree. So yeah. every record is, is done in a week? Like, do you guys... Sign- we do
3: also one-weekend records, which is okay. in three days we do five songs. And uh, it's, you know, our own platform. We don't cut the stuff up and put it on iTunes or anything else. So we can keep it really cheap. And uh, there's no editing tricks. We don't even own autotune anymore. I just got rid of it. And it's just really natural, you know, just people come in and play live. So they have to be able to play. So, I have to pick wisely.
1: (laughs) So, are you guys, do you guys write, do you write the songs prior to? Uh,
3: We do a lot of pre production. Um, Generally, I mean, the guys that come in write their own stuff, but they can do anything they want. They can do covers, you know, it's up to them entirely. Uh, But the first one I did, we wrote the whole record for a week and then we recorded it. That one was kind of tough. Okay. But it was fun.
1: Awesome. Yeah. And Chris, who you're on tour with, is he... He's he, did,
3: with- uh, he did this, the second one I did, I did with Chris. Okay, awesome. And then we have kind of regional people coming on. Pretty much everyone who's done one of the one weeks so far, there's only been six, are on this tour at some point or another. But Chris and Brian, the, Brian Wallstrom, is the guy I did the first one with, and Chris and myself are on the whole thing. I'm the only reason, I'm the only person that has no reason to be on this tour, other <laughs> than the fact that, yeah.
1: That's a, and know. Brian Fallon did the show
3: last night? Uh, no, Brian Wallstrom. Brian Wallstrom, Another gotcha. Brian. Yeah. Gotcha. A less springsteen <laughs> uh, Brian. Yeah. That's I wish it. Brian
1: had done it last night. I thought I saw a flyer maybe that he was doing. Oh, one God, that would be great.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't even bother checking half the time if those guys are in town yeah. anymore. You know what I mean? It's like, they're just
1: Benny gets hosts on this podcast a lot when he's around. Yeah? He's a very engaging guy. Yeah, he's
3: great. Yeah. Yeah, I love him. He's like an outsider. Yeah. Like a, a real outsider. You know, he's one of those guys... He, I think he used to rumble with chains and bats and stuff. And, <laughs> you know, yeah.
2: Definitely. And he's a sweetheart. Yeah, he's a sweetheart.
3: And Super there's
1: star. also a new Legwagon record, Hang. Yes. And I've been listening to it a lot. Oh, yeah? Cool. Yeah, and I think it's great. And I uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the cover and sort of the concept of the bees and sort of... Because yeah. that comes up a lot and it feel confusing. like it's tied into an environmental thing,
3: maybe. Yeah, I mean... Uh... I know this
1: is like a really huge topic, so, but I think it's really interesting for like, I think, especially for a lag wagon record.
3: I think it's difficult to not sound pretentious when you discuss it. That's sort of the issue that I have. I mean, it was just kind of an image that popped into my head and I thought it would be really powerful if it was done right. And I have a friend who lives in Montana and I said, you know, I have this idea, like, do you other, oh, there must be bee farms up there. It's Montana. And she said, oh, yeah, yeah. And I told her my idea, and she shot it like within a few days and sent me the picture. And I just thought, wow. And my band saw it and went, What the hell is this?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so dark, and I feel like so much lag. Yeah. Has been kind of goofy
3: or like. Well, yeah. I think the thing is, I really believe that our band sort of misunderstood. I think if you actually read the lyrics and listen to the music, we have, I think I counted at one point that there's about eight goofy songs on all the records. That's it. There's like eight kind of. Yeah. There's always a little tongue-in-cheek here and there on the records, but the main levity in it is that we always put silly stuff on the covers, you know? Right. And I'm not sure why we do that. I think it's because it's hard to agree as a band on anything that's an art statement. Um, And so the one thing you can always agree on in your family is humor. So we just ended up with silly covers all these years, and we have a really stupid name. Oops. Oops. Um, <laughs> not much you can do about that. And so, yeah, I think, you know, people often think we're this really silly band, but I predominantly write songs about, uh, people who die and people who cheat on each other. And my, yeah, my, my songs are a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Not fun. Uh, yeah. But so when we made, we, we, it's been nine years since the last record When we made this record, we just, we kind of, I think we collectively just felt. Like okay, it's time to stop being silly. We've, we've made something we're really proud of, and it's a very serious record. And it was conceptual. I wrote the lyrics over two years' time, and uh we couldn't put a silly cover on it. So we went the opposite direction and put a noose on the cover, called it <laughs> "Hang." Yeah, I know it's, it's throwing really pe- me out, man. Yeah. It's <laughs> throwing people for a loop, literally. Um Yeah, kind of, kind of. Yeah, but I'm happy that it's more serious i suppose
1: i mean how in in the least pretentious way possible would you sort of maybe describe maybe the
3: concept behind it uh it's a little all over the place i think the best way to sum it up is my bitter old man record just because these are things that i ran about all the time and these are the things that i talk about with my friends and um you know just observing your surroundings and growing older and having um those sort of I wouldn't say epiphanies, but realizations that people are repeating mistakes, and you you gain more empathy for your grandparents somewhere along the way, and just that kind of stuff. And and I, you know, I'm always talking about these things, especially if I'm drunk and I'm with a friend and I'm going on and on about like, ah, fuck, I can't even believe these fucking kids. They litter. Or they should be shot. <laughs> and um, and you know, one too many times, you think maybe I should write about that. So I just did it. Wrote. Yeah, so that you know conceptually I guess it's loose but uh but it's you know I think the central themes are you know becoming obsolete, getting old and just being disappointed.
2: So my question Pretty general. is did the writing it did it at all like soothe your need to to rant at home because it, you know
3: I think it's going to be one of those things where you know, generally when you make a record, you have to sing a song maybe even a thousand times, right. you know, and you know that's going to happen. And there are so many songs in our set that I sing and I am not paying attention. I'm making a grocery list. I'm right. like, OK, after this gig tomorrow, I got to go to the grocery store and get some eggs, and some milk, and cheese, whatever. Right. And, you know, you get to that point and there are many songs that you wrote when you were younger that you can't identify with anymore. But people like them. You got to play them. So I think the good thing about this record is that I'm old enough that I, I don't think I'm ever going to feel differently about the things right. that I'm writing about.
2: So you might mean uh, it
3: for the yeah, rest of your life? Yeah, it's going to feel good to sing <laughs> these songs. And it's therapeutic, you know? Yeah, well, that's yeah. what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the deal for sure. We'll see. I, I don't do do
2: some ranting to the wife.
3: Yeah? So, yeah. I
2: don't know. She'd probably like it if I purged somehow.
1: You need an <laughs> outlet for that, man. An outlet, yeah. So is there, like, an environmental kind of message to the record, too? Or is that something that... Well,
3: I I was trying for a long time to use, you know, literary devices. You know, I wanted to do some foreshadowing. At some point, I was trying to write the whole record in narratives, you know. But I I, I gave up on that pretty quick because I figured I needed many years to do it properly. And and it's not a novel or, you know, it's, it's an album. So there's only so much room to do things. But one thing I did was I, I had... Things reoccur in songs and the bees, I, there's something about bees, I just powerful imagery in bees and you can use multiple, same with the news. I mean, you can, there's sort of a multiple entendre to those things that, that they represent different things and they can work differently in different songs somehow. And so I, I that's why the bees are on the cover. I, they get mentioned a few times, our friends that are leaving us, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Right, know. right. Yeah.
3: But it's funny because uh, at the time I was writing the lyrics or during that time, you know, there there was a lot of mystery involved, you know, and there's some documentaries and whatnot about the bees. And then just, I, I swear to God, it was a week after we recorded the record, some concrete sort of evidence came out that I can't quite recall, but it didn't really quite work for <laughs> I was almost disappointed. It was kind of good news, but I, I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. You remember a few I months back? I didn't know back? what
2: the good news was.
3: Well, I don't know if, maybe it wasn't good news, but it was definitely... I,
2: I didn't know there was any news. I, did, I thought it was mystery. It might
3: have mystery. been. It just all of a sudden was all over the networks. Like, there's a reason. And we, you know, and it's not just what you think it is. It's not just that it's we're the destroying the environment.
1: Suppose, the environment. Know, go to bnews.com.
3: So. It was, <laughs> yeah, there you go, Yeah. That's my favorite website, man. <laughs> it's all kinds of great information yeah. about bees on there. Um, no, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, I just, I like the idea of the bees flying through the noose, but of course you can't do that unless you use Photoshop, and I wanted it to be a real photo, so we ended up with them just kind of flying around it and on it. But So the noose, is a, that's an actual photo? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, she took it up in the plains, and, uh, like near Helena or something, Montana, and, yeah, I, don't know. I.
1: It's so weird you mentioned this. Is gonna sound really weird, but I was watching a TV show last night where someone hung themselves, and oh. then I was like, I wonder if it's even, if it's legal to sell pre made nooses. Like, I wonder if there's another use they for sell them up there. She had to they buy them because I couldn't find one. What? I looked.
3: I saw it on really? the, uh, the invoice. Yeah, when it came in, it was like noose fifty dollars. No way. And I thought that's fucked up. That's yeah. creepy. I man. couldn't yeah. find one.
1: I like went on Amazon. I was like noose, and it was like a novel, like the news stories. But I was just curious, because I wonder if there is another... oh,
3: well, she managed to buy one, but I mean, you know, Montana is yeah. a different kind of place. That is true. We all know this. Yeah. yeah. Well,
2: you know in Alabama, we hand them out at the post office. You need one? <laughs> you got them.
3: <laughs> I'm not <Louisiana. laughs> <Louisiana>. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, I feel like if it wasn't available on Amazon, I would never get my hands on one.
3: <laughs> I was actually surprised how inexpensive the news was. Because if you think about it, it's got to be a fairly difficult thing to make. I mean, they're... You know,
1: I used to
2: know how to tie it, but I don't think I could do
3: it. Is there
1: another use for the Like, is there a a separate, like, it's a knot? I mean, maybe there's something for for animals, or I don't know, to hang an animal,
2: or like, (laughs) yeah, I guess. How
3: can we kill animals?
2: (laughs) You could hang them,
3: let's let's discuss this.
2: (laughs) You could hang it. Well, the cat cats can usually climb up the rope, you hang a dog,
3: yeah.
1: I was thinking more to like keep them in a certain area. (laughs) I guess it doesn't make sense. I think the best way
3: to do it is just to get their natural predator. Yeah, like my daughter has, where she had a predator, two mice, and we have cats, and now we have one mouse. Right, and I that's a good this lesson. this too. morning. Yeah, I know. My wife was, she called me hysterical and said, oh, "I got to lie to her. I can't tell her she was at gymnastics or something." And I said, "No, this is like she's ten. This is like rite a passage. Yeah. This is a lesson. This is what you do. You get a hamster or a rat. You get a cat, and they learn about you know, death. <laughs> Very sad, but yeah." That's the way to get it. yeah. Anyway. Gotcha. I
1: mean, did you feel like you were speaking like in kind of a, a dark place when you wrote the record? Like, obviously, I'm sure like Tony slide passing, I mean, like yeah. that was so sad and I know you guys did a lot of stuff together. I mean, do you feel like that that kind of stuff worked its way into the record as well?
3: Yeah, I mean, I actually wrote a song for Tony on the record. Uh, I had every plan not to write a song for him because the thing about writing a song is it feels like too little, always, when you write a song for a friend that you lost. But, uh um, I just—I mean, songs. I think at least for me, kind of write themselves. You know, there's some feeling that you get. I write melodies first, you know, and so I have somehow I hear a line, and it could be as, you know, meaningless as like I need to go to the store. You know, it just could mean be, mean nothing, and somehow I have to make that work because the melody just works with it. And the Tony song, for example, I just kept hearing this line with his name. And so, um, I don't know, uh, you know, you just write, I guess. That's a shitty answer. I'm sorry.
1: No, it's not. I just feel like you have this really interesting ability to take stuff, like, take really simple words and kind of put them together in a meaningful way. Like, I feel Mm. like when I hear, like, like... Look at my cat. Why can't I live like that? Like I remember, like I'm lazy. Like I've heard that for years. That's one of the
3: silly ones. It's it's for me. Like that song. Like
1: I was like I like it. Like clicked with me one day, and I was like, yeah, he's totally right. Like (laughs) I have all these responsibilities. Ah, Oh, I got a good one for you. This is so good. I I,
3: I love that you brought this up, Jonah, because last night (laughs) I met a guy at Asbury Lanes where we played, and uh, I was you know was just. That's the kind of place you play, and you're just hanging out afterwards, having drinks and talking to people that show, and it's super fun. And, you know, I was talking to these three guys, and two of them were really vocal, and the other guy was really quiet. And then he finally chimed in, and he said, well, you know, music is what feelings sound like. (laughs) And I go, dude, I'm going to write that down. And I wrote it down, and then I asked him, can I use it? And he said he would be honored. But then I looked at it today, sober, and I thought, well, Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of a look at my cat why can't i live like that you know but it's pretty i mean a card a greeting card man i you know (laughs) but on a serious level you know i i think lyrics when you're young you you're really into word acrobatics and you know you i think you try really really hard to to make your lyrics as intricate as possible and and uh that you're worried, like, I'm not going to sound stupid, you're worried about all these things, and I think that the more you write, the older you get, that you realize that sometimes the simplest thing, it's that thing, say it the way you say it. You know, if you really believe it and you say it, it doesn't matter how simple it is, it just sounds like conviction, if you say it, uh, how you would speak it. So I... For me, lyrics have gotten much easier to write because uh, if I am writing about something, I just do the whole you know stream of conscious thing and just write, 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 and then somewhere in there, there is some good stuff. And right. then well, you, you get
2: the confidence to stand behind
3: it. Yeah, like
2: what you were talking about, starting with a phrase that sounds that
3: yeah, it's, it's, something it's that works with the, the syllabically the with the melody yeah, yeah. and all that, and then it's a great way to write. Yeah, yeah, well, if you want the if the melody is king, you know, which it should be, I think. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, lyrics, I mean, you know, it's like, it's endless. Could talk about it for three more minutes. <laughs>
2: I just went fr- last Friday and saw The Replacements. Yeah, we I heard about that about. show. I know you're a huge fan. My friend
3: Richard was texting me from the show, and I'm like, fuck. Supposedly, you,
2: man. Uh, Paul and, and Tommy both said that it was the best show of the tour, and they were going to come back.
3: A friend of mine that saw the show said it was one of the best shows yeah. that you've ever seen him play. Yeah, And he's a huge fan, so, so Sad there's I miss that. So some great lyrics. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think right.
2: I've sang along, like, to every single song since I was, yeah, 16.
1: How was the set yeah. list?
2: It was great. They yeah. did everything, man. And yeah. then they even threw, I mean, they did a lot of old stuff from, like, the first three records. And they did a couple of, like, you know, later Paul era replacements records. I had, I had the set list. Somebody gave it to me. I can't remember if I posted it.
3: The last time I felt that way at a show was a Brian Adams show. Really? (laughs) At Madison.
2: Really? Yeah, at
3: the Garden. Yeah, actually, I'm half kidding. A friend of mine that lives here took us to see Brian Adams and Def Leppard there. Wow! And we sort of went as a joke. You know, it was kind of like, well, we're getting in for free. Like, what else are we gonna do tonight? Let's do this. And Brian Adams is one of those guys. It's like a replacement show. You don't even realize how many hits Right, right, right. He just starts playing. And it's like hit, hit, hit. And you know all the words. Somebody else said <laughs> the
2: same thing about
3: him. It was insane. He was so good. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was, I'm a Brian Adams fan I, for the rest of my I, life. was
2: I talking to? Some other friend
3: of mine said the same exact thing.
2: They went as a joke yeah. and, and, could, and just didn't even realize how many hit songs.
3: Yeah, and then Def Leppard went on afterwards and was like, Woo! like poor guys i felt so bad for. i mean the main thing about the brian adams show that i remember is that it was all girls singing right i mean you know that place full and it was just so loud you could barely hear the band just girls voices and i thought this dude's a stud (laughs) like what did i do wrong (laughs) he's not taller than me (laughs) i don't think he's much better looking than i am what the hell yeah 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 no yeah yeah anyway yeah, those kind of shows are great replacements. i like to have seen them. I've never seen them. Really? Isn't that weird?
2: Well, we were talking, I think, so I was in a band called The Clowns for Progress. And I'll talk about this band. I talk about the Goops a lot. but Yeah. So we did a tour with you guys. Yeah. I don't know, like 99 or 2000 or something, I think. But
3: remember I have a the great first show story. of the
2: tour... You, we were is in Minneapolis, and you insisted on going to like all right the bars doing that,
3: the Beatles replacement yeah, tour. Mm-hmm. We're like if you're hard, Liverpool, this song and that song, yeah, yeah, yeah. And
2: I remember I was yeah. getting really sick. Oh yeah, because
3: we had driven. For, we like, went two to days. the little bar where he wrote uh, "Here Comes a Radio." Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah like had we went to, to like go four there. bars. Yeah, and you had a whole list. You literally I had a map. I, think. I know. I know.
2: <laughs> and I was I stoked. I mean, I'm a to huge replacement fan. <laughs> Yeah. But I was also like I was getting really sick and as the night went on I just felt more and more like shit and I Yeah. I kept drinking thinking well, like
3: it, I I I've, I could be wrong <laughs> was it maybe raining too or something yeah. like the weather yeah, was yeah, shitty Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It was really it it was, was a bad night. It was a bad
3: call. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do? We'll do it again. But we got to do it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, that's the important <laughs> part. Yeah, I have a good story from that tour. So I'm not sure Brad remembers this but I rode in your van one day on one of the drives, and it was somewhere. To this day, I can't remember. In my in my mind, I just tell the story like it was Kansas. Well, we went to South. More fun. I like to
2: like. I think. I think.
3: I just know it was really rural, and like we were way out of a city, and we were driving. And and again, you know, you color stories. You kind of embellish over the years, and the stories change as you tell them. so in my mind, there's like, you know, a flying witch and a house spinning and a hurricane and all this stuff. It doesn't matter. The point was, we were on our way to a venue and I was riding with you guys in your white van. I think you had a white van, maybe. I don't uh, know. We w- had
2: a red van, I think. That yeah, see here. Really tall. This is, this is I what I mean. We had a couple of It was like 18 fans. feet tall. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's the one. Um, but anyway, we're driving. All of a sudden, somebody spots a tornado. Do you remember this? I do
2: remember this. It wasn't
3: a huge tornado, but a tornado is a tornado. I'm from California. Like, I see a tornado, and I just start to pee my pants, (laughs) you know? It's like earthquakes, I'm fine. But So the thing was, you know, well, now we've all seen Twister at 2 in the morning on bad television or whatever. But uh, so there's that thing with tornadoes, and we have all these storm chaser shows. You know that, you know, if you're not an expert and you're driving alongside a tornado— You don't know where you're supposed to go. You just keep driving. Drive faster. Let's just get away from it.
2: Dino does not need an excuse to drive faster. If he was driving.
3: Well, this was, we were like neck and neck with this tornado for what seemed like an hour. Uh, (laughs) And then it got windier and windier and windier. And when we pulled up to the venue, the venue, (laughs) the sign just had a tornado on it. And the venue was was called Twisters.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: (laughs) It was insane. And so... All right. We get out of the van, which was no easy I totally task. I mean, we just like you couldn't even get the doors open because it was so <laughs> windy. And this, this tornado was seemingly up upon us. You know, I was ready to start flying off into the air with all the, yeah. And, and then we ran to the doors and we were pounding on the doors of the club, which were shut because everybody was kind of barricaded inside or like, it, you know. Right, right. Yeah, it was crazy. And they yeah. opened the door, oh, like, get I in here. A... Yeah, that was crazy. I remember
2: Twisters. Yeah. I love
3: that story. I kept thinking, well, no one's coming yeah. to this show. <laughs> It's going to be a bad one Turned out to be alright Yeah I definitely exaggerate that story In my my mind though But it's fun
1: It's good to exaggerate For the kids How long did you guys tour together for? It was
2: just like a week or something Or two
1: weeks maybe Yeah I'm
3: trying to remember I can't remember The details are fuzzy Must have been a New York show
2: we, well, I'm pretty sure that we started, like, that Minneapolis was the start of the tour. Yeah. And then I think, I felt like we went south and then probably came back. I don't know. It oh, was a weird knows. tour. I think yeah. you guys were doing a national tour and we just were on it for, like, 10 days or something.
3: Yeah. Fun, though.
2: Yeah. That's crazy.
3: Riveting stuff for you.
2: <laughs> it was awesome. It was a
3: great tour.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah,
3: no, it was fun. It was super fun.
1: Sadly, the clowns are no more. But it seems like a lot of the bands that you guys came up with are sort of, like, still around. Like, I feel like. Whatever, like No Facts or Bad sure. Religion yeah. or, or Strung Out. I mean, is it yeah. cool? Like, do you still feel a sense of community with those bands? Or do you feel like you all kind oh, of... Oh, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, old friends. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've been doing this so long. I, I, I think I made a joke to you earlier. It's less often that I see people that I don't know. You, <laughs> know, you know what I mean? It's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of the old bands that disbanded have, you know... Last few years, like, everybody's back together. Yeah. So, it's kind of cool.
1: Blaggling's never done the breakup, get back together? No. Either.
3: There's been lots of uh, rumors, you know, the uh, I mean, you know, when you're in a band. I mean, I, I, I really believe that we've never stopped touring, and I, I, I think every tour, at some point, I meet someone and they say, man, it's really great to have you guys back. I'm glad you guys got back together. And I'm always kind of like... <laughs> Look, dude, we just don't tour here very often because Europe's better. Sorry. (laughs) you know, Or whatever, you know, I always have some line. But, yeah, uh, you know, we never did that. I don't really believe in it. I think you... You you, You get
2: way. I get. I mean, we were telling, I I was telling the guys from Sheer Terror, like, you get so much more respect.
3: You you can can take breaks, you know. It's like a relationship. If if you're married and you want a marriage to work, marriage can be really hard. And sometimes you just got to kind of... Take a break. I mean, in a marriage, you can't really, you know, it's not like you can leave. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I think every time our band's ever gotten to that bad place, we just take time off. Right. And it works.
1: I think that's smart. But I also feel It's so crazy I feel like if even if Like you took five years Between records You're like We're going on hiatus And then when you come back It's like everyone's like Oh my god I have to see it. I feel like when yeah. you don't do that People are like I'll see him next time I'll see It him does next work time.
3: in your favor as well I think you can do it like life. Once
1: or twice And then people are like Okay Oh yeah
3: no that's the thing what break I mean up? how many yeah. times Do the Ramones get back together Right. Yeah. It's like fool me one. You know what is it Shame on me Fool me <laughs> twice you can do it or, once wh- for the I,
2: big payoff. I got you know? that
3: completely wrong But you know what I meant <laughs> uh, Yeah yeah The tail between the legs Like third time coming back, yeah. like, we got a big paycheck, <laughs> you know, oh, God. Yeah. Going
2: out of business sale. Yeah. It goes on for five years. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Every city's got that. <laughs> Just every... Everything must go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> all the hits. Do those songs, like, any of the songs get kind of hard for you to play? Is it, like, all the palm muting and, like, the picking and stuff, or is it all... Well, I don't like, have like, to do that. right? Okay. Um
3: I, There's definitely some old stuff that is difficult for me to sing now. Um But... In some ways, I'm better than I was. You know, I, I know how to control my voice in a way that I don't blow it out. And um, you know, 15 years ago or so, the band went on in ear monitors. That changed my life because I didn't oh, yeah. have to scream anymore to get over the super loud band that I'm in. Um, but the guys, you know, I I think probably they seem to manage somehow. Yeah, I don't know.
1: That's how I feel about no effects, too. I feel like they always talk about how bad they are live, and then I go see them, and I'm like...
3: You know what you? Th- their deal is? What? They are bad. <laughs> but they have a really, really great sound guy. Okay. And he just knows how to glue those guys together. Because, like, you stand on the side of the stage, and you're like, Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Mike's just barely playing bass. Half the time, he's got one hand in the air, and he's just hitting all the strings, and you're like, this is... Oh, my God. But, you know, they, they, but they're, but they're tight. You know, they're pretty tight because they've been doing it. They have their own. Well,
1: they have a, they have a good drummer. And I feel like that's the Yeah, Eric's like, biggest, like a yeah. machine. Yeah, they have a, that guy's they have like a good, good, need, they have a good yeah. sober drummer.
3: He, he's seriously like a drum machine, yeah. that guy. And the studio, like, you don't need samples. It's just kicks. Perfect. But, but then you go out front of house and Kent Jameson, yeah. your sound guy, is a dear friend of mine. But he is just, that guy is the guy. Like, every once in a while, we get him to do a lag wagon show. And I'm always like, yay. Because, you know, you just, he's so good. It really is, you know, it's about not like the ingredients matter, but the chef is Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: I Ken is really the guy who helped that sound advice we did with No Effects happen. Oh yeah. Because he was like cool. a big SNL fan. Oh and yeah. He kind sweet. of like convinced yeah. everyone to think to do it.
3: Yeah. That's how I found out about it. I watched that and I yeah. That was pretty funny. <laughs> you I guys were funny. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They, I th- felt like they were really good sports. I felt like they yeah, didn't really no, know what to expect.
3: Well, they're really funny people to hang out with. I mean, they're yeah. they're all very funny guys, and uh, yeah, they're funnier than that usually.
1: Well, but, I think it's. I think they wanted. They were sort of playing the straight role too. I feel like right. everyone's trying to like. Yeah, so I mean, I it think, should be, anyway. I think they were very good at like pretending to be confused or like. like um, <laughs> hmm,
3: lots of terse lips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: They've often been confused, so...
3: Maybe. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Um, yeah,
1: we did a podcast with Mike, too, that will be coming out at some point. How'd that go? It, that was
2: very interesting.
1: It's well, that's the word. probably the craziest interview I think I've ever done in my yeah. life.
3: Yeah, Mike just and him I, and
1: Selma together. Oh, nice.
3: Yeah, I used to... Because uh, me first in the Gimme Gimmies, man, I used to... Mike and I used to do a lot of interviews together, and uh, at some point I just just stopped because... He has a way of, I think he even said it to me once. I don't know if it's like, a, 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 you know, like he has a thing where you answer the question you want to be asked, which I think is a good. Politicians do. It's a politician's. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I was, you know, scared to say, but uh, but but he does it in a way that now it's like. I, anyway, I just recently like, we played this festival and, and uh him and I did an interview together for like a documentary and I, after it was done, I went up to the guys and said, "Can I do another one like by myself i mean like, i <laughs> I have words i'm not a mute, you know, but Mike, every question he just went wherever Mike goes, and he 's really smart, I mean you know, and I love the guy, but wow it's not fun interviewing with him yeah he gets yeah. It over. I can imagine. Yeah.
2: Wait, so was this the first thing that you did?
3: Uh it, we it was the we were playing Riot Fest in Chicago and, and there's a festival called Amnesia Rock Fest up in Montebelt like in Quebec. And they were doing a documentary, uh they're just interviewing people for a documentary about that festival uh-huh. and they happened to be there. And uh So
2: what's up with me first in the Gimme
3: mes I don't know. We just When's played, played those Riot played? Fest you shows. Yeah, we just played Denver the other day. I had to leave this tour twice to go do those shows. Oh, at, wow. Yeah, at the dim- dismay of the other guys on this tour. <laughs> sorry, dudes. <laughs> it's a cover band, man. <laughs> <laughs> got to be true. So I can pay my wedding man. Yeah, yeah.
2: make some money. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: no, exactly. It's like these tours. No tor-
2: gigs on the weekend,
1: dude. <laughs> we're, not,
3: we're not exactly raking it in on these acoustic tours. So, you know, if a gimme show comes along, it's like, dudes, sorry, got to go. Yeah, yeah we, we, we do periodic shows. I think we're going to the UK pretty soon. and um, You know, we tour probably three times a year. I mean, everybody's schedules have to match up. Although we have three bass players. I mean, Mike doesn't go on a lot of the tours. Jay Bentley from Bad Religion is the latest. And he's doing most of the stuff oh, for wow. us now. Yeah, yeah, which is great. That's cool. Yeah, so much better than Mike. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> no, it's actually really cool. It is kind of a revolving door. I've been replaced a few times. You should look into that.
1: Yeah, you should do it. Brad. <laughs> yeah, it's
3: a good gig. <laughs> it's pretty rad. I know Max. Uh, you know Max. Um, Max
1: Huber.
3: Huber. Yeah, yeah. He did. He did a few. Yeah. In place of me. Oh, really? Yeah, like a long time ago. Yeah. And well,
2: um, a bunch of other guys. Shiflet was originally in
3: that band. Right. Yeah, I mean, he still plays on the records, yeah. but Scott, his older brother, is 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 our guitar player. I mean, Scott is on every tour for I don't know ten years now or something like that. And yeah, for a while we had Brian Baker and. Uh, Warren from the Vandals, and
2: right. It's pretty fun. Of course it is, man. It's me first in the gimme
3: gimme. Supposed so to be more
2: fun than that. So
3: much more fun than being in a band with a record called it's
2: Hang. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Not. <that.
2: laughs> you got to balance it out, man. <laughs> yeah. <I> ca- <laughs> it's the I- only way you could do either one is if you do. The oh others. yeah, yeah. You got. I mean,
3: you know, yin and yang. Yeah, you got to smile every once in a while. Um. Yeah. No. It's really
2: good when you get John Bush up there on stage bartending.
3: Oh, God. I missed that. Yeah, we played, when we played the Riot Fest, like 10 people asked me, you still have the bar? Do you have the (laughs) bar? And I was like, no.
1: You ever see that? I've seen pictures of it. I never witnessed
3: it, I don't think. Somebody stole it. Really? Yeah, in Boston or something. Like a warp tour or something. And and it it got moved by stagehands out into some. You know, Gen Pop area where they were keeping Somebody gear stole the gear, and someone bar. fucking stole the bar, just like Animal House. Yeah, <laughs> they stole the bar. Couldn't believe it. Isn't that okay. amazing? That is. It's amazing. a good story, but yeah,
1: write it it's all not,
2: down, man. There's a movie.
1: It's not that amazing that it happened in Boston. No, I felt like I used to work on Warped Tour. I felt like that show and like the Jersey shows. I was like, I had to like make sure
3: everything was like nailed down. Yeah. The thing is, I probably got it wrong. It's probably Camden or something. <laughs> it. it probably Boston. was but, no. It probably Boston. was Camden. I'll, also, no, Yeah, yeah, yeah in Boston. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we, I think we had, like, kind of a shitty version of that Tiki Bar that we got one again, and it just wasn't as good. The best, though. The best ever. The, the pinnacle of us. The thing is, none of us care. At all. We don't rehearse. Not even before Riot Head Pass. No rehearsal. <laughs> just walk on stage, look at the set list, and go, maybe. <laughs> and just play. And it's, it's fucking awesome. I love it. And we kind of manage somehow. I mean, you know, I'm sure if you had a board mix, you'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa <laughs> this is bad. But we have that model, you know, quantity, not quality, like more notes. Right. We're giving you more notes. So. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, the best ever when we were kind of really, everybody was really into it, we actually had uh, dealers on stage, too. We had on really? one side of the stage, we had the bar and on the other side of the stage, we, we had a, a 21 table.
2: Nice.
3: And we had like this really hot girl dealing. Oh, so cool. I miss those days
1: party
3: dude yeah dude So <laughs> all you can say is dude what
1: happened uh while we're sort of running down your musical resume uh what about bad astronaut is that something that's kind of
3: we just did a tour in australia which was our first tour uh like actual tour you know we've done a couple of runs only in the last few years we never never did it and then derek passed away and uh after that you know i started that thing with derek you know it was kind of he was in lag wagon in the early years and him and i had become friends again and he kind of had gotten his life together and stuff and we started playing music again and that's how Bad Astronauts started so when he passed i i just felt like well i i can't do this without him so we didn't for years and years but it was always itching me a little bit that we'd never played a show live not one show i didn't realize that yeah we have never played and so, uh you know it's a challenging band for me. I'm not a very good guitar player, I really am not, and those songs are hard, uh so it's kind of like you know I had to get in shape, you know what I mean, mentally and well yeah, physically, but yeah, so it was it was really cool to finally do it, uh, yeah, and all the guys really want to do a lot of it, but I just I, you know, I got like five other bands that make money,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I just you. can't be bothered by these no, like
3: art projects, man. I got cover bands that got <laughs> bars on stage. You know, trying to get paid. No,
2: ain't no yeah. punk rock pension. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh boy, that's true. No, but yeah, all kidding aside, I mean, I I, I think whenever I can, I'll try to do stuff for those guys because it it's rewarding.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, how often are you sort of? On the road these days. I mean, do you also try to balance that out with kind of being home with your family and that kind of this stuff? This is almost
3: the sole reason that I started that one week records thing it was so that I could be home more and still be working. Because I found that, you know, when I'm home, I'm not working. I mean, maybe I'm working on a writing or or maybe I'm in the studio if I'm lucky. But so much of the time that I was home, I'm not working, and I'm the breadwinner in my family. My wife, you know, she raised our daughter, and um, we never wanted to do. Nannies or any of that stuff we just decided early on so on my salary or whatever i make i don't make a salary but on my you know living off the come, and we live in san francisco it's not cheap uh, i have to tour so much and uh you know i i needed a good excuse so hopefully like the one that we is going pretty well now and hopefully i'll be able to do more and more of that and eventually slow down but 2012 i did 280 shows wow yeah Wow, I mean that's bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, hey, so honey, uh, you just like send me emails about what our daughter's doing. Yeah, that's and a like, lot for. A I missed a year of kid. my daughter's life, basically. Yeah, yeah. And
1: physically, I feel like that's got to be. I mean, I went on tour for like two weeks, and I like I my I hurt my hip. <laughs> like I was I a, like I have like a less Paul, like and like barely lifted. It. <laughs> it's yeah. just like it's it just from like you know even like thirty four from like twenty four. It's like makes like yeah. a huge yeah.
3: No, it's there's no doubt about it. Well, I don't know. I I, I guess you know. I feel like I got to knock on wood when I say this, but I feel like I've been doing this for so long that whatever the the tiny muscles that you don't normally use that you use on tour, you know, I guess more metaphorically speaking, minor. I'm good. Yeah, like I, I know how to do this, and so for me, it's just really easy to tour. Um, I have way less worries. And issues, you know, I don't have anything to do all day. I can do whatever I want. Sometimes I got to do shit like this. but you know. no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, you know, you have a sound check and right, you show it right. And you got to figure out a way to eat dinner in between. And, you know, it's pretty easy. Learned, I, I would not it's complain. Like, you
2: know, it's funny. It's like how you were talking about, like, you know, no effects and and how good, you know, they they can continue to play this physical music. And it's like... The more experience, you know, the more you... Yeah, you learn how to use just the right muscles.
3: Yeah, it's you know, muscle memory, you, all of it, you know. When I'm, you're
2: 22, you know, look at like a 22-year-old drummer. Like a fucking 22-year-old drummer exa- is exhausted in right. any genre of music.
3: Well, they're giving you know, it too much, of too. Set. Yeah, I they think, use
2: every fucking muscle for every hit, you know, and then... Look this is like a exactly
3: drummer, the thing. This is know? the key right here. I actually think that the more you do it... the the better you are at making less, more.
2: Yeah,
3: you know, like
2: yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. at some point, a drummer, a seasoned drummer, realizes I don't have to choke the drums when <laughs> I play them. I I can just, you know, Charlie Watts.
2: Right, right. And even the lightest is in the world sounds you know? great. Yeah,
3: and yeah. guitar playing, same thing. You, know? you
2: don't have to play with one hundred and fifty percent of your
3: you energy. Yeah, I'm not trying to just... strangle yeah. my guitar anymore. Yes. And 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 I, you know, there's there's also, well. My stage presence is questionable at best, but uh, but I do think that you you also kind of learn how to move different ways that that maybe could still be somewhat entertaining for people without jumping up and down. Economically, would
1: you say you're more yeah, economical on stage? Yeah. Economic <laughs> economics
3: is economic movements. Uh,
1: what do you sort of do while you're to like kill time on tour? Because I felt like I used to read books, and now I realize I just am on like Instagram, fucking around, doing nothing exactly. so
3: I'm like an hour went by, like. I used to read so much on tour. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Because, you know, I was being a well read person, which is an important thing. Absolutely. It's just so easy now not to read. I know. I mean, movies, you know, TV shows, like streaming now. I mean, forget right. it. Like, yeah, I watch a lot of TV. It's not even TV anymore, but that's how I date myself. I watch a lot of television. um. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, it, it, and, you know, with all the networking stuff, I mean, it's fun. And, and you know, it's like there's that little, and what do they call it? Uh, you get that little shot of, uh, of what is it, endorphin. Uh, what, what do they serotonin say? Serotonin?
1: Like, or it, uh, No,
3: it's not serotonin. It's something else that you get. A sh- I don't know, I read some study a while ago. There was a guy that's like the expert on texting and driving. And, you get like a positive, you
1: know, like...
3: There's a little, uh, j- jolt or just stuff. a tiny little jolt right. of... Um, Topamine, I Dopamine. Dopamine. Yeah. yeah, that's it. And when you know, people like your post. Yeah, like yeah, you, if right. you hear this song, I
1: read this. Story. And when you get a text, and then you just
3: kind of yeah. go, "Ooh." <laughs> yeah. So you know, it, it is physically and mentally kind of addictive. You know, I don't know. I hate I hate it when I'm sitting at a dinner table with a whole bunch of people on tour and everyone's looking at their yeah, phone. Yeah. Like I always, and the guy is like, "Hey, you guys want to hang out though? Like, so, <laughs> what do you think?" Like we're all here. I've got some stories. You know, yeah, but it is that way. But it is so easy to pass time now without reading. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's a sh- it was excruciating before. I know the touring was so terrible, especially no in a van with nothing.
3: Yeah, I mean, do you have that thing now? I mean, I I think most people can relate to this. We have that thing where you're sitting there doing nothing. I, I mean, Louis C.K. jokes about this, and he has a great bit about it. You know, but it's that thing where if I'm doing nothing for like a minute, I've, I, I then I have to start thinking about my existence and these dark (laughs) subjects, you know, so it's like, fuck it, get the goddamn phone out, let's go, you know, um, I, I, you know, it's, it's funny to be aware of it, but still doing it. Yeah. Like, I'm constantly checking myself on that, like, really? You know, even just when I was waiting out there, I could have just sat there and drank it up, took it all in, checked out the shoes for a while, but I played solitaire on my phone. It's easy
2: to abuse, but yeah, I mean... Mm-hmm. I remember the first tour I did where I had a laptop and played like video games on it, and it was like heaven. It was yeah, it was yeah. like a revelation.
3: God, I mean, I remember before cell phones like breaking down and just being, oh, yeah. and just being like, well, <laughs> this is how it is. We just gotta wait for They'll somebody just have to, to guess help us. Guess yeah,
2: why and we're not at the club? <laughs> exactly.
3: Yeah, we're not gonna make it tonight. Like, or you're you're timing it, and at some point that window just closes. Yeah, and then and and then you know sometimes it was like the next day. You manage to get to a payphone and call them and they're like, well, all our windows are broken, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Well, I miss that, though. Yeah? Yeah, I do. I think it's, yeah, this is, you yeah, know, this subject, I mean, don't even get me started, <laughs> you know. I just wrote a record about it. Yeah, man. There is a song, there is, a, there actually, <laughs> yeah. there's a bit of a nod to that, that, that sort of thing. But so much of that is being done now. Did you guys see that? Uh, there was that thing, that little video that went viral, that English guy that made that, that don't look up. Did you see that when that was... Uh... I don't think so. Yeah. There's, think sort of, there's sort of an irony in this conversation because I'm t- going to tell you about something that was all over the networks I saw again. Um, yeah, it was great. He did this thing and it was, it was basically a poem, you know, a really long poem. Well, not Ulysses, but, you know, I mean... And uh, more like maybe, more, maybe it was more like a limerick. I, I, I don't know. I have, to, I have to Wikipedia that and figure out which term I'm supposed to be using here. Uh, but anyway, he, he did this long... Uh, yeah, okay. this is like John Smith right now, you know. <laughs> don't look up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, basically it was this long rhyme about, you know... Oh, it's called look up. Of course it's called look up. It's not called don't look up.
2: <laughs> oh, okay, now.
3: Yeah yeah yeah, oh, god, sorry. Um the long night last night. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 brilliant. But there's so much of that commentary yeah. now, you know, there's so much of that kind of like backlash to technology happening. I don't think it stands a chance. You know. What the we're, backlash? We're too deep. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we're done. Like in in you know, you can talk about the connotations for hours and I just I can't be bothered, you know. I'm happy. Yeah. I like my life. It's good, you know what I mean. It's like I, 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 I see that, and I could write a song about it. and get really angry about it and talk about it a lot, but I don't really care.
2: Well, it's tough considering that there's, there's some people have always there's always been something that people have been whining about. Yeah, that's the future.
3: Well, there's so much to whine. I, I don't know. It, this is another thing you have to analyze as you get older. You, that idea is it worse now than it yeah. was for them? <laughs> you know, we all talk about that, like it sure fucking feels like it's worse like i feel like there's way more of us right so right there and you know it it, it feels like the environmental issues are clearly getting worse and yeah. th- there's all these things but then you every once in a while someone real smart puts it into perspective for you you know and and then you kind of go yeah that's right this isn't 1939 germany yeah, no, yeah. We're, we're pretty good yeah. things are pretty good right now um so all that stuff said you know i i think at some point there's always so much to 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 worry about and and there's a lot of good things that you can do and i think that it's important that people try to do something good in their life you know something to help something
2: wow well this is I'm why old guys like right us whine and bitch yeah. about it because to, but to you to have to sure remember it doesn't go tip too far
3: yeah, you kind of have to remember it. to to enjoy the moment right you know and and enjoy your life i mean, I mean It depends. I guess it depends if you have faith. Now we're getting real serious. Yeah, easy does it. Here we go, guys. (laughs) I feel that guy Joey. He was like really fun, and then it was just like, whoa, buddy, hanging in the church. (laughs) I could talk about that. I'm sure I'd burst into flames if I walked into a church. We'll I feel like it's that.
1: just so easy to get cynical too. Like I feel like, like there was that big environmental rally this weekend, yeah. and like, yeah. I, and like, and like, my first instinct on it is like, ugh, we're already so fucked.
3: Like this is pointless. <laughs> like and, I know. And
1: then I'm like, dude, no, this is great. Like you should be there. Like Somebody this is like a positive care. thing. Like someone, ha- this is how change happens. Well, there's
3: two things there. There really are two things. It's, I mean, Occupy or something, for example, when that was all happening. Right. At first, exactly. You know, all these friends of mine were like, yeah, I'm going down. I'm gonna play a song, and I was like. Pff. Guys are wasting your time. (laughs) But on the other hand, that's not true. Right. If people don't speak out, if people don't, then, yeah, then then we're screwed. Yeah. So it needs to happen. It just doesn't need to be me. Yeah. (laughs) I just wonder when that switch went over to
1: like, oh, that's a good idea to like, ugh. Like, you have to to be kidding me. You (laughs) know,
3: there's also a pub down the street and (laughs) it's way more fun. Right, right.
1: Uh, Somebody else can do that.
2: Well, I, my wife and I are bad at this shit because we always, you know, we live in, are, w- living in Manhattan, we have the smallest carbon footprint of like any fucking human in the, the rest of the country. So. Really? Well, yeah, think about it, you know, we're huh. all packed no together, car. we're we're consuming like, yeah, we're consuming probably less electricity and we're not using fucking water. To yeah, water yeah, I lawns, guess it's a ratio you know? thing.
3: Yeah, so absolutely. like
2: we kind of use that to justify why we're too. not there. <laughs> Yeah. We're already doing our part by living in New York, okay, right. man? Look at what we're doing. <laughs> we don't have a car. We don't water our lawn.
3: We don't have a lawn. Hey. Yeah, that's a good point. Huh. Brad, you, you can be an inspiration to all of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> inspiration. <laughs> Honey, slack. I think we're moving in Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. Actually, my wife lived here for a really long time and uh, she periodically talks about moving back and I always go. Oh, no. I can't handle this place, man.
2: Well SF. I don't know man. how you guys
3: do it. SF is really mellow.
2: Yeah. I mean it's, it's nice
3: there. Where I, I mean, it's expensive it, though. It has a lot of the same yeah. issues. I live in a really urban part of the city that's actually not too expensive. It's it's pretty reasonable and and uh, and you know, there's just a lot of good food. It's it's got that a I, little bit of that New York thing. I mean there's a lot of different kinds of food. It has food better right I
2: mean, it has I think it has better food than here, which blows my mind.
3: But hard to say. It's really they're good. both good. Chicago's pretty damn good too yeah where are we going i don't know
2: but let's talk food
3: <laughs> i yeah oh, dude now we're on yeah that's my that is my jam um yeah no i i i just think that it's it's intense i mean brooklyn less so but manhattan oof.
2: yeah manhattan's pretty intense i
3: know. i like it for a few days it's like disneyland for me yeah you know what i mean
2: yeah
1: well you're one of the few people i know with kids
3: in manhattan
2: yeah, and at. I live in a really, I live in like this elbow of Manhattan that is really, it's almost, it's very quiet.
3: I think having kids here is awesome, by the way, because all our friends that have had kids here that we would come to visit when they were young, especially, yeah. I mean, there's such a good community. Like, you, you develop a really good you community, You develop right?
2: different, like, and I know kids that have grown up in New York, and they have different, they have different skill sets, you know? Sure. I think, yeah. but, you know, I just, so I have a three-year-old boy. and. Uh-huh. And I have a six-year-old daughter. And with her, it wasn't a big deal. But now I look at him, I'm like, do I really want him to grow up in the city? I keep thinking I got to think about. I think the out. answer
3: is yes. Yeah? Well, certainly during the young years, because there's something about a New York kid. I mean, they're smart. I just feel Every like kid I learned kid a that lot I've met, in the
2: woods, man. Like, yeah. Like, building stuff. Well,
3: and, you know, what's that thing? The, the, the countryside house, you know, that kind of thing? We'll work You can that. treat it. it <laughs> you can do a two-parter. Like it's a two part life. At some point, you know, right? Well, that's what Go out means. to Montauk or something.
2: Well, we'll, we'll be going. Yeah, maybe not. To the
3: Warhol Hall, Hall House maybe or we'll whatever. We'll be going upstate, yeah. New
2: York. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but that's yeah. You can.
3: There'll be some point. Well, maybe not. I don't know. I, I. It's funny. It's not the same level. But my daughter, who's now ten, tells me, you know, once a month, she tells me, "Dad, I want to live in the country. I don't want to live in the city anymore. I want to live in the country." Right. Because I sort of grew up in what she calls the country, you know, a smaller town. And uh, it's, it's not going to happen because there's, you know, once they're a certain age, there's just too many things like school oh, and yeah. gymnastics and all those things. You just can't leave. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I think it, 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 maybe one of your, maybe your son or, you know, maybe at some point they'll want that and you and your wife will want it and it'll make sense. My wife will never go that's the thing my wife what's that what's that all about i don't get it
2: she likes her hive yep i have a bees
3: yep (laughs) yeah that's it's that idea that there's no action yeah that's what that's basically like i'm not gonna live somewhere where there's no act i mean there's nothing to do we're gonna be out there i'm gonna go crazy when you're on tour (laughs) and that's kind of true yeah you know that's the thing she has that to consider
1: I feel like no one ever does anything. Like, I feel like everyone's like, oh, you go to Broadway shows all the time. You know, I was like, no, it's like the idea that Who there's Who that st- lives
3: here goes to Broadway shows?
1: <laughs> I, don't know, I don't think anyone... I don't think, I don't think I know
2: a single person. No. We're staying in New York. In fact,
3: it's like... In case we
2: ever want to go to a Broadway show, we know they're right there.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's totally the thing. I mean, it's the same with, uh, you know, museums and things like yeah. that. You know? Although, for a while, and, and you probably understand this, you know, when you have kids, you kind of start doing that stuff. Yeah.
2: For you know, sure. You which take is advantage of killer.
3: it. killer. It's yeah. all right there. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's all I got, guys. <laughs> I'm totally burnt out now. Thanks. <laughs> no. Nah, um, that's fun. Do you... I'm sorry. I am
1: keep taking this interview to, like, really depressing places. Yeah, no, know. it's What's okay. What's up with that, Jonah? I don't you, know. What are you been just, doing I, to, Did just, you not go to yoga today? I watched this, like, depressing thing. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm injured. So I can't go to yoga. All so right. I've just been... So you're just thinking about death. I'm just it's thinking about It's either yoga death. or death. Basically. Okay. Um, so speaking of death. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah. Like, Love I feel just story. like probably like in the course of your career, like so many people, I'm sure you're close to kind of struggle with addiction, yeah. you know, over the last couple of decades. I mean, what's it like for you kind of now, like being on tours with kind of younger musicians, like if you see something going on, like, are, do you like pull people aside? Is it like, is it hard to like <sighs> know? Yeah, I mean,
3: super, uh, difficult question to answer because it depends on the situation yeah there's a big part of me that is always thinking about a reverse psychology with you know addiction and and that's the idea that well every time i do something they last a little longer but they eventually die you know so there's this weird part of me that started you know i i go it's it comes in waves but and I fluctuate on my thinking with this stuff. But at some points in my life, I thought, well, maybe it's better just to run. You know, it's like if 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 I see the, the, you know, the smell start I just just that's it. I'm done. Just cut them off. But that backfires, too, because there's people you really care about. And then you do that. You know, you don't want to be a codependent and you cut them off and then then they die. And then you have to carry that for the rest of your life. So it's 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 a lose lose situation. With younger people, I generally don't react at all because they're young. I mean, when I was young, I could do every drug all day long and I was going to be fine. Maybe. But you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. you know, they're young. If they're in their 20s, I'm like, yeah, dude, have at it. <laughs> but just know this. If it starts to get weird, stop. Yeah. yeah. You know. But, uh, yeah, it's an, impossible, uh, it's an impossible situation every time. I don't know what to say about it beyond that.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a great, I mean, it's just, I just think it's such a crazy, like, all the, like, being in, like, a youth-oriented kind of scene, it's like, I feel like you guys, you kind of deal with stuff that most people don't have to. It
3: know. really comes down to, I think, in, in rock and roll, there are two kinds of people. There are people that are addictive and the people that aren't. And the people that aren't can go out on tour and get high and do whatever, they can do whatever they want, and then they they can just turn it off like a light switch. And I don't know what the percentage is, but I'm guessing it's about half. It seems like the other half is the people that will end up being sober if they want to stay alive.
2: It's definitely true. There's a
3: lot of sobriety, too, you know? Yeah. Which is another kind of thing, you know? I mean, I have lots of thoughts about that as well. That program doesn't work for everybody. Right. Right.
2: And some people can do it without the program, but not a
3: lot. Yeah. Without God without god. you can't
2: do anything without god without come man. on man
3: well yeah i mean right now god is responsible for this so right that know, is true let's let's be fair <laughs> um yeah that's uh yeah it's a long conversation as well but
2: it can be exhausting you know it, and i mean you can just...
3: yeah i've hit my limit of exhaustion, so many times in those situations, and you know, I—that's I, I, why I say it's a person-to-person thing. It just—it depends on the situation. I mean, if you're—if you love somebody, you kind of have to fight for them because you can't you, living with fighting for somebody and really making the effort to to help them, not save them, to help them save themselves or whatever. That's a much easier thing to live with than just fleeing and something like that happening. So, I, that's sort of where I'm at. But I say every single time that I lose someone, I always say, that's the last time. I'm not going to I'm not going to be near the epicenter next time. Right. And then of course, you know, you can't make those decisions with your mind. I mean, you can, but it's all about the soul, man. Now, I don't know where I'm going with this, but you know, yeah, it's it's an impossible thing to to say anything specific about, really.
2: So it just clean sucks. it up, Jonah, okay? Just clean up your act.
1: Yeah. I'm trying yeah, to be doing it together. <laughs> Let's do that yoga. Yeah. I ate ate like half a pizza last
3: night. Oh yeah. 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 So
1: you just that's it? You're just diving off. Yeah. Dude. Can't do yoga, you're just gonna go
2: in the other direction?
3: Yep. Pizza yeah. pizza is 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 the worst of the addictions, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it is the best tasting thing ever invented. And it changes in all these great places you go, like different kinds of pizza. Like, I had a piece of pizza yesterday that was one of the best pieces of pizza. That's hard to say. That uh, I've had in my life. It was, it was the, the, have you ever had a Caesar pizza? Like a, It's like a Caesar salad yeah, on a pizza. Right. Yeah, yeah. This was a chicken Caesar pizza at, like, a brick oven place. So it had that really thin, crunchy crust, you know, that good stuff that you guys get was, out here sometimes. Was it in New York? No, it was in uh, Asbury. Oh, okay. Or Neptune or something down, a place in, in Jersey. Um, oh, fuck. In it was unreal. Yeah, there's a place in New York that does that really
2: well.
3: We used to do a thing in Lagwagon. We had this thing for years and years. We called it after show pizza. So we'd put it on our rider. No matter where we were in the world, they, they had to kind of try to find their version of pizza. So we had a bunch of pizzas at the end of the night. So you play show, get drunk, and the end of the night, right before you pass out, you eat a bunch of pizza. Yeah. Great plan. <laughs> you know? And when we hit our 40s, it was like, how come we're all starting to look like. <laughs> Pears.
2: <laughs> you know. Well, pizza is one of those foods that only tastes better the more of it you have in your oh, mouth. Yeah, like if you I don't, don't
3: have a huge mouthful of it And it's the perfect elixir to like the alcohol, oh, yeah. you know, just Absolutely. stabilize yeah. right before you go to bed. I, it's true. Yeah, They've yeah. only discovered one thing better, which is uh, poutine. You know, up really there, up there that the fries with the gravy. Oh
2: no, really? I'm
3: telling you, man. It <laughs> seems like you would just die if you're drunk and you go. But that's what they all do up there in Montreal. You know. At the end of the night, you know, like the way we do pizza, they do that. And it does. It's just, it's it's so awful. Yeah. But it just gets in there and just soaks everything yeah. up. I know. It's like a bomb. <laughs> next day you wake up and you have an incredible bowel movement and, <laughs> and you're just golden. Like everything's gone. I don't know. Weird. And you're greasy. Glad yeah. and greasy. <laughs> yeah. Somebody actually tried to explain that to me scientifically once. And,
1: what? The, how it yeah, like
3: up? Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: everyone, it was it was bullshit. Everyone's got a theory yeah. on that stuff,
2: dude. I just read an, a really good article. Did I did I talk about this <laughs> in Wired? No, you didn't. No, but they basically said, oh, yeah, we don't great. know. We don't. Yeah. Nobody knows yeah. right. why you get drunk. Why you get mainly it was about hangovers. Like the, the, there's no logical or chemical or biological reason for hangover. Like right. yeah, we understand kind of why you get drunk. and it makes sense, but like. They don't actually, they can't really figure out. Yeah, it's not even. Well, it's, it's probably not, just not a combination of
3: things. You know, like it, the thing is everybody always wants to have one reason. Right. But <clears throat> you don't sleep as deep when you're drunk. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of sugar in alcohol. You know, you get dehydrated. It It, it is somewhat dehydrated. And you're drinking, you're not drinking water. Right. Um, I mean, and you don't sleep. Yeah, and you wake up with a, I mean. Now
2: the worst is know. when you wake up like four hours after you went to sleep and you're, there's so much sugar in your bloodstream that you can't go back to sleep. Oh, it's yeah. never that, happened that's, to you.
3: that All the time. <laughs> all the time. The, here's, here are the lessons I've learned. Do not drink mixed drinks at bars where they use the lime. I stopped doing that. Oh, yeah. One too many violent battles with diarrhea, you know, the next day. <laughs> just like, what? I didn't even drink that much last night. And I figured that out at one point. That's it. You know, a lot of those, a lot of these bars, they don't clean the yeah, lines yeah, often yeah. enough. I really believe that.
2: I, I'm i sure that you're correct.
3: I mean, I just drink straight booze, so I, I have no problems now, you know. But uh, <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah, see, I, I only drink whiskey straight all day, so I don't have any problems with this. Just the and, uncut uh,
2: cocaine, thank you. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. I only do, do the 1970s cocaine. In the butt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Teaspoon. Do you have any more tips? Uh, no. <laughs> I thought that you were going to start listing them off for some reason. No, no, no I, I probably have many, but that just shot into my brain. I never yeah, thought I did about say that. Tips. That's probably true, though. I, I, I probably it changed, never get those. Changed me when I used to do the mixed drinks. I would just, I started just sneaking in like a Coke, right? You know, and just give me a couple shots of bourbon, and then I would like if I was. in some point in my life, I was doing that, and then eventually I just forego anything but the booze because yeah. booze you know, tastes good. It's like coffee. I like coffee black.
2: You well, know? you know, it, mm. it took like it's funny because I was out Ben, my assistant in there, who's just a young punk. Yeah. Uh,
3: <laughs> took him we out, were out, showed him we were out, <laughs> at a, we were
2: out at some, you know, we were at an event and it was like a Bushmills event and the, the, you know, I love Bushmills and it was free. Yeah. But of course everybody was early so everybody's getting like, you know, they had some featured mixed drink. And Ben's sitting there and we all ordered drinks and he just got it straight on the rocks. Yeah. He's like, just looked over it like, me and Aaron, who had, like, ordered with, like, some kind of, like, lemon. Who knows, right? Right. Tasted great. But he's like, you guys, why do you even bother, man? You're just going to drink it faster, and it doesn't taste as good, really. Yeah. And you're just going to, and all that sugar is just going to make you more hungover. And yeah, I'm yeah. like, you know what? I'm like, I thought, I'm the old guy here. I know this lesson. Yeah. And he's absolutely right. Oh, yeah. If you get a, you know, a double shot on the rocks, you'll drink it slower. You'll yeah. enjoy it more. You want Every, to have all that freaking sugar.
3: Most nights on tour, you know, uh, not afraid to say it. I end up in bars a lot. I like bars. I like the culture. I it's like part to, of the job. It's, and, it, and it's kind of my favorite place to be. I like a pub. I like to sit at a bar and drink and talk to people. I just what I love. And so I end up in places all over the world. And there's always a special drink, and it's usually called something like the purple. <laughs> and you're like, purple, dude. If it's called purple, like, I'm not drinking it. Or the blue, like some blue thing. yeah. And, and you know, people buy them for you. Right. They go, dude, the show was great tonight, man. I bought you a blue McGinney or whatever, or blue meanie or whatever. And uh, you look at it and you go, yeah, dude, that's just, I think you, I really can't. And, and you give in. Eventually you give in because, you know, there's, like, oh, man, I bought you that drink and I got a shitty job. And I just love you and you won't even drink with me and... Dude, I'm drinking with you now. Okay, fine. And then you drink it and it's fucking delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Tastes like you went to Hawaii for a minute. But yeah, yeah bad
2: news. No, you drink three of those and you'll be a dead man. You're
3: dead. <laughs> I got a hangover on this tour. It was the first one in a long time and it was because of the purple. The blue meanie. It was, this was the purple and it was in <laughs> Ybor City and it was their special and it was like a dollar. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, that's a clue.
3: Yeah. And people just kept buying them for me and, and, and I got to the, I got drunk enough that I started going, ah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll do like five of these things, you know. Whoops. Yeah. Felt terrible the next day. It's true.
2: Well, also, um, if you only have one or two and then cover it up with straight alcohol, like go back to your own, your regular drink. It's yeah. Still, it's still down there doing it. The danger
3: is the, the mixing stuff too. I mean, it's like some of those things are like Long Island iced it's teas. So chemicals. if you drink whiskey like we do. There's vodka and rum in that or something. I mean,
1: I don't know. Someone told me last night about people are like vaporizing alcohol now and it's like smoking. Oh it. yeah, and they're like, you oh, get you can do soup. that with
2: a little vape thing. I guess
1: there's some kind of machine you can get, and I don't know how. I understand how it works with smoke. I don't really get how it would work with alcohol. Holy
3: shit, we are going to be a nation, a, and we already are. Everybody's medicated. Everybody's totally wasted all the time. It is just the easier it gets, like. <laughs> Seriously, what's going to happen? I mean, I'm down with the weed. Like, I'm all for people just being high because they're more mellow and they're you know just cruising and everything. But if everybody in the world can just walk around drunk all day, <laughs> sooner or later they're going to have a vapor version that doesn't leave the smell on your breath.
1: Yeah, and then well, it's, it's no just, calories, I guess. Like, it's oh. what? I don't know. I don't know the science behind it, but someone hey, told me about it last when night. When There's a something i of mine about. Mine it.
2: Swore that he could, he would boil vodka and inhale the fumes and get drunk. Yeah, like instantly.
3: Like the towel over there yeah, yeah the exactly. bowl. I never tried. <laughs> we got to try that. Let's do it tonight. Should we man. try? Do you have anything yeah, here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, it's funny. I actually, um, there's always a part of me when I hear something like that, the vapor thing, I think, I think, God, I can't wait. That's awesome. <laughs> and then another part of me goes, oh, that's bad for my daughter. That's bad. Don't no, want you her to can ne- You week.
2: never fully purge that 16-year-old, man.
3: Yeah.
2: No. no matter how sensible and smart you get, you still like, go. Oh, yeah, really? New things are exciting. That sounds cool
1: all right that was joey cape he's awesome uh yeah listen and, to
0: everything he's in which yeah, was li- that amazing Lagwagon record what the title is i think my brother used to listen to Lagwagon. is that one of the records <laughs> yeah
1: i liked my favorite part of this interview was when he was like we have like four or five joke songs and i was like this song really meant a lot to me lazy and he's like oh yeah it's one of our joke songs <laughs> and every other song is serious that's cool. Uh Brad, you uh auditioned for Lagwagon. I one did point. not audition. You did, I heard I said you did. I
2: almost auditioned for Lagwagon. Oh almost. It was when they when I was in LA and the goops were had broken up, it was like ninety seven, when they got what's his name? Who's the guitar player that joined that year? God, I don't remember. I'm brain Chris dead Shiflett. this morning.
0: Was it Chris Shiflett?
2: No, it wasn't Shiflett. <laughs> but uh Yeah, but 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 Stormy Shepherd, my booking agent who booked those guys was like I was like, Stormy, you know, I'm having this heart-wrenching, like, discussion with what's fucking, you know, my band just broke up. I'm like, I don't know what to do with my life. She's like, well, Lagwagon's looking for a guitar player. You'd be great in that band. You should go audition. I'm like, would I I, I have to move to San Francisco? She's like, yeah, probably. I was like, fuck it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go back to New York and be a clown. (laughs) Hey, it all worked out. Oh, yeah, great. (laughs) Um, But Uh, that was before I'd play toured with them. Like I'd only I'd seen them play once or twice, but I didn't know those guys at that point. So it wasn't like I didn't realize how awesome they were. I or else I probably would have gone up there and auditioned.
1: And you could have been. I remember the first time I saw
0: Lagwagon was, I think the '96 Warp Tour, would have been two or three. And I remember they came up on stage, and they were how I found out Jawbreaker broke up. Oh really? I I was walking to buy a Rocket from the Crypt T-shirt. And I hear the the opening notes of want, the first song on the Unfun record, which they actually covered. And they were like, Oh, I just heard the worst news. That jawbreaker broke up. And I remember stopping in my tap tracks, spinning around, going, What? <laughs> like to nobody. I was by myself. I was like <laughs> the biggest imbecile in the world. And then I ran back to my friends who were all feigning heart attacks, going, until we have confirmation, they are still together. <laughs> Everything is fine. But. Don't panic.
1: you're like maybe i'll just wait 20 years and they won't get back together still (laughs) (laughs) oh lag wagon
0: you killed me killed Uh, me um
1: so you know where to find us if you're listening to this i feel like yeah and also uh thanks everyone
0: for the donations we've gotten a couple uh we use them basically to keep the podcast up and running and on storage and things
1: (laughs) wait hold on we're also doing a live podcast.
2: Oh, yeah. On December 12th.
1: That I pro- December 12th. I probably should have mentioned this up front instead of the last 30 <laughs> seconds of the podcast. But this is very typical. Uh, yeah. Seven to nine. Union Hall. Uh, Walter Trifles from Quicksand. Gorilla Biscuits. Every other band. Ema Lamus from Ohm the Holy Sons. Jenna Friedman, um, who works for The Daily Show, worked for Letterman. And we have a couple more guests we're going to announce soon. Uh Wait, what's, what's that,
0: Jonah? Walter is playing? Walter, Walter
1: Strifles is performing? Walter and Emil, I think, are both going to play some music at the end, yes. What else do you want, people? Yeah, dude, seriously, <laughs> that's true. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to be great. Um, for more info on that, go to Union Hall's website. Uh, follow us on Twitter, going off track. Uh, our website, going off track. Feel free to send us money or gifts. Uh or gifts. No, no gifts, just money. Or no G I Fs.
0: Oh, that's pronounced GIF. <laughs> it's true.
1: Look it up, Google that. Like or, the or, peanut or, butter? Or, He's right. I mean I
0: mean Jugle that.
1: Alright. So feel free to send us money or gifts or GIFs.
0: <laughs> How you pronounce that
2: word
1: decides whether you're a geek or a geek. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you next week.